Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. I count it an immense privilege to be communicating today to you right here, wherever you're watching from, whether you are in your bath even, whether you're on the sofa, whether you're still in bed in your PJs, wherever you're watching from, if you're watching from the prisons right now and you are enjoying this, then it is so good. We get the opportunity to stream into over 50 prisons every single Sunday, and that is an amazing opportunity that we have. So, hey, if you're watching from the prisons, hello, good morning, it's so good to be with you. Today, as we've already said, we are concluding our series on the Beatitudes, hashtag hashtag blessed. We've come through all the blessings of the passage and we are here at our final Beatitudes. We're going to take a quick journey through the blessings of the Beatitudes before we get to this final one. Many of you will already know what's coming, but we've got a fun one today. But let's go through to recap first. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And then we come to this. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Be encouraged you're going to be persecuted. I can see the comments are flying through here because people are excited that, hey, they're going to be blessed through persecution here today. It's funny, you can be reading through these Beatitudes and you can think, hey, you're going to be blessed when you commit to these great, incredible, wonderful things. Jesus, what happened? Persecution? Really? I thought you promised to love me to keep me from harm and to make everything rose-tinted, warm, fuzzy, and just plain old nice. Well, I'm here to tell you today that if you thought that was the reality of your relationship with Jesus, then you were wrong. Because straight in at the start of this message, we're here with some really good encouragement for you today to get us off and going. We're gonna be positive talking about persecution today. Brilliant. If you're sitting there and you're at your keyboard ready to type some encouragement right now into the comments, then please do encourage me because this is going to be a message today that is going to need some encouragement because we're talking about persecution. So if we could just have someone, please, just like a a prayer hand emoji or like a hand clap emoji, let's just keep some encouragement going to us all today. But the good news is it's not all doom and gloom. The good news is that the conclusion of the Beatitudes is this, that we endure this because we inherit the kingdom of heaven. 
But let's not get ahead of ourselves. We have got a long way to go before we're at the end of this message and we're going to be talking about blessing and we're going to be talking about the kingdom of heaven. But before that, I've had a dilemma. This week, I've been going round and around and around thinking about persecution, thinking about what is it, what is this issue? And I think it would be fair to say that interpretation of persecution can be a particularly contentious issue. That even during this last season, living in the global pandemic, dem, pandemic during COVID, we have seen accusations of government persecution of the church even. And it's been going round and around on social media in different places. Whether you agree or not, we can agree on this one thing, that the debate around persecution is a hot one. And I've read around the subject. I've looked at lots of different things. I've looked at different thoughts, different authors, different passages of scripture to attempt to come to some sort of alignment on this question. Can we, in the 21st century Western church, actually experience persecution? I would love us to have a conversation today through this message around this whole area of persecution. There are so many things to look at and consider when looking at an understanding of persecution. See, on the one hand, where we start, where we always start with persecution, is extreme, extreme physical persecution. As soon as we hear the word persecution, we think of this extreme life or death, horrific action, situation, anything. And we're reminded of persecuted Christians of the past or persecuted Christians that are in faraway lands. But it's kind of no wonder really because when we look at the Bible, you've got stories of Christians being martyred, crucified, beaten, stoned, thrown to lions and many other horrific things. So it's only fair that we treat persecution as if it were truly awful. And do we experience that in our Western society? No, we simply don't. Sadly, it does happen in the world, but here in the UK, in the society that we're a part of, we are not persecuted. We are not persecuted. At least, we're not persecuted if that is what our understanding of what persecution actually is. And my problem with this understanding is twofold. One, I don't think that's just the persecution that Jesus is talking about in the Bible. And two, what does that then mean for the blessing of persecution? Are we then saying that because we're not persecuted, we've removed the option of that blessing because the persecution doesn't exist? Well, we need to look at this. 2 Timothy 3 verse 12, Paul writes this. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And if we are to take anything from that verse, it's pretty obvious, Paul is pretty clear that he says, if you want to be a Christian, if you want to live a godly life, then you will be persecuted. You should accept persecution. So really, I think we need a wider lens. We need to have a deeper understanding of what persecution is. Maybe I would suggest that there is more to persecution than simply just physical harm, torture, or your ultimate demise. So we're going to need to look at the Bible again. We're going to need to go back to the text to say, what does the Bible actually say in regards to persecution? 
The first section of this beatitude says this. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I think that if all we had from this beatitude was that first section, then arguing for different cases of persecution would be quite difficult. Then we move on to this next section. Some people argue that this is a separate beatitude, but personally, I've read around and looking at this, it's covering the same topic, persecution, and it's talking about the same reward. So I think that we can take this as an expounding upon the first section there. So let's read the second part. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I'd love us to dig into this here. This will set us up for a much better understanding of persecution which in turn will give us practical outworkings for how we live our life today. I think that if we are to have a revelation, to have a proper revelation of persecution, then we really need to to sort of determine some categories for persecution. And Jonathan K. Dodson in his book, Our Good Crisis, has some really helpful distinctions on this. He says this, Jesus uses three different terms to describe this persecution. Revile, persecute, and speak falsely. The first, translated revile, means to find fault as a way of shaming to demean. This form of persecution is emotional in nature and is intended to belittle. The second word, translated persecute, means to harass because of one's beliefs. It's used in the context of laying hand on a person, imprisonment, and murder. It is physical in nature. The third phrase, to speak all kinds of evil falsely, is clearly more verbal. I think this is so helpful. It, it gives us some categorizing for persecution, which may seem a little trivial, maybe seem a little trite, because in the face of persecution, actually saying, oh, there's different times, different types, haven't you forgotten this? But I think it's helpful to say we've got emotional, we've got physical, and we've got verbal persecution. And it gives us something to qualify and relate our experience of when we think, oh, I've been persecuted against, rather than just thinking, well, actually, no, because it didn't hurt. But that means that I'm fully suggesting this. In the UK, it is entirely possible to be persecuted. Let's just let that sink in for a minute. In the UK, it is entirely possible to be persecuted. And if you're not in the UK, remove the UK and say, in the world, it is entirely possible to be persecuted. Wherever you are, whether you're in a country that experiences extreme physical torture, and we know that it happens, and it's horrible, and we, we will do whatever we can to be on your side. We will. But we can say that there is persecution now where we are. So that answers my number one question, which was that the Bible doesn't just talk about physical torture or murder when it talks about persecution. My second question is, was the whole idea of, well, if we don't experience persecution, can we experience the blessing of persecution? Well, that question is also answered, answered yes, but we must pay close attention to the passage. We are persecuted not for our deeds or for having Christian values, even for our attendance of church, whether it's in person, which we know can't happen at the moment, or whether it's online, on Facebook, on YouTube. We know that 
it's because of our righteousness that it's not because of simply our church attendance. It's because of our righteousness. This is something that is entirely impossible to attain except through Christ. Except through Jesus. Again, let's look back at the text. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Therefore, if we do not live a righteous lifestyle, we are removing the option of being persecuted. Well, what is righteousness? Well, righteousness is something we attain through our relationship with Jesus. In his death, burial, and resurrection, he defeated death. Righteousness is attained through faith. Through faith in Jesus, who bought our salvation and made us righteous through his sacrifice. The whole climax of the Beatitude leads us to Jesus, to Christ. It leads us to needing to have a relationship with him. It leads us to wanting to live in reflection of him. So we need to get super practical because it's brilliant having this head knowledge. But what does this actually mean? Dodson, who I read from a moment ago, talks about in his book about invisible persecution. He draws a comparison between the almost glorified physical persecution and the culture of the USA today. I think we can take some, some stuff from that because the UK and the USA culture, they are not too dissimilar. There are differences, but there are, some, there are many similarities. We are living in a culture driven by attention and distraction. Everything is trying to get our attention. How does it do this? Through notifications, trying to distract us to get our attention. Because everything is centered around me. The individual, my needs, my attention, and my comfort. I love this comparison in his book. He goes as far as to quote a thought that modern Western persecution is almost more difficult to see and to guard against than, than physical because it comes in silently and we almost don't notice that it's there. The sad fact is that we often prioritize our own convenience and our own desire for comfort and our own desire for acceptance. Far too often we prioritize these things about the acceptance of the love of our Father. We put our want for approval in other people ahead of our approval from God. And I can think of countless times that I've done this. I'm not saying this is you and I don't do this. I'm saying I do this all the time. I even do it with my job title. My job title is creative pastor. Now, if I go into a room and I'm meeting people for the first time, inevitably the question comes up, hey, so what is it that you do? Well, then I have two choices. I can say, hi, I'm Josh and I'm the creative pastor. That one opens me up for conversation because they go, what is a creative pastor? Or I can say, hey, I'm Josh, I'm a creative director. And they go, again, what is that? But one leads me down the angle of saying, hey, well, I'm a Christian and I work for a church and blah, 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 and all the things that go with that. It gives me the opportunity to talk about Jesus. The other one leads me down a path of going, yeah, well, it's marketing and art direction and all this other stuff. And if I go down that route, it always feels somehow hollow and that I've missed an opportunity. It just leaves me feeling like I've missed out. So what's our encouragement today? We, need, we can't just stay here feeling like we're 
rubbish, rotten sinners. We need to be encouraged today. How can we actually live out this righteous life that I'm talking about? If righteousness can't be attained except through faith, then surely all we have to do is believe in Jesus. Yes, sort of, but also no. Uh, Because if you believe in Jesus, it should mean a few things. If you believe in Jesus, it means that one, you should have convictions, and two, you want to live like him, you want to be Christ-like. And I, I get it, I totally get it. I hear people saying things like this all the time. I would love to be able to share the message of Jesus, but I just can't because of X. But I just can't because of Y. I just can't because of my job. Let's pick that. But for me, there's something wrong with that. There's something wrong with that idea. Because for me, does your faith and belief in Jesus come first, or does your ability to make money come first? Who is your provider? Is it your boss, or is it your savior? What's more important, your reputation, or the position of influence that you have to spread the message of Jesus? When you get to heaven, Do you want Jesus to say to you, well done, you didn't ruffle any feathers and you limped over the line and made it to heaven? Or do you want him to say, wow, you were so zealous for me. You just loved me so much that you didn't shut up about me. Thank you. Well done, good and faithful servant. I don't know about you, but I would much rather the second one than well done, you limped through it. I'm not expressing that you should be so zealous that you become one of those people that Someone says, I would have loved to attend church if it wasn't for the people. Be, be that person that is someone that is, is so on fire for God and is so passionate, but not someone that is so passionate that you actually do more harm than good. So the question is this, are you living in such a way that you are positioning yourself to experience the blessing of persecution, or are you playing it safe? Are you willing to lay down your agenda, your goals, your life to die to self and to live for him. I read a brilliant quote this week, and you're going to think right now that I'm going to say something that was like, wow, amazing, fantastic, it's really long and poetic, but no, it was simply this, far too often we want to be served and we don't want to serve, and it hit me, wow. If that's not a definition of prioritizing comfort and convenience over faith and action, I don't know what is. And I'm not turning this message around to say, hey, come and get on the Connect team. That's not what I'm doing. But I am saying this. Has it been far too long since you prayed that prayer? God, use me. I'm yours. Whatever I want, Lord, I will do it for you. Hey, almost every single week when I'm there on the platform doing the kind of intro bit to church, I talk about how this is the easiest time to be an evangelist. I make a joke about all you need to do is hit that share button. Well, if for you, that's like, no way, that is a massive deal. I'm not sharing my faith through telling everyone that I've got on Facebook and everyone that I've got on Instagram, blah, blah, blah. Well, maybe today, that's the commitment that you need to make today. Maybe that is the decision that you make today. And when persecution does come, and it will, consider it joy, rejoice, because your reward is in the kingdom of heaven. And I love to think of it like this. When I go somewhere, I want to leave somewhere a little bit better than it was before I entered it. I want to do something to bring the kingdom of heaven down into my present reality. And if it costs me, that's okay. 
It doesn't matter because, do you know what? I've got my eyes on the prize. I know that my victory is in him, that Jesus has already gone before me and won the battle. Jesus has already got the victory. My, my vision is set on the fact that I'm part of a bigger story. I'm part of a grander narrative, that the battle's already been won and we are on the winning side. And I want to leave you with this thought before we go into a moment. What is there to lose? What is there to lose? Is it your dignity? Is it your pride? Is it your job even? All that pales into insignificance when you look at what you've gained through Jesus. Because of what you've gained through Jesus. He is the prize. He's the victor and he's on our side. And right now I want to create a moment in the service. I want to lead us into a gospel response right now. I want to lead us into a moment where if you're not a Christian, you can become a Christian today and you can make that decision for the first time. If you're someone that says, I'm here, I have no idea what this is about, but I want to become a Christian today. I want to hear about this Jesus bloke. What is this reward that you're talking about? And I would encourage you, you can make a decision right now to make a commitment today. All you need to do is join in with a simple prayer with me. Join in with a simple prayer with me. And then we just want to hear all about it. So if you let us know by, there's going to be a comment which you can like. There's going to be, a, you can send us a direct message. You can reply to a message. Anyway, we just want to hear about it because we believe that that is a life-changing, incredible decision. So today, whether you're making the commitment for the first time or you're making it by a way of recommitment, I'd encourage you, join in with this prayer with me today because it's the best decision that you'll ever make. So come on, let's pray. Wherever you are, I encourage you, let's close our eyes and pray together. Lord Jesus, I'm so grateful that you came down to earth, that you died on the cross, but you didn't just stay there. You rose again. You defeated death. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that I can live in relationship with you now. And I choose to make you the Lord and leader of my life. Forgive me for any wrongdoing. I want to believe in you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we believe that is an incredible decision. It is the best decision that you will ever make in your life. So we do want to hear all about it. But right now, we're going to move into a moment. We've already heard that we're on the winning side, that the battle is already won, that Jesus is our victor. So we're going to sing about it right now. We're going to sing about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He has already gone before us. If you're feeling, hey, persecution's around me, encourage yourself because we serve a God who wants the best for us. Even amongst the persecution, He has a, a bigger plan for our life. So come on, let's worship together. Let's sing together in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray it's been a blessing to you. Why not share it with your friends and family through social media? If you're not on the regular podcast list, then why don't you subscribe? Thank you especially to those that give. If you want to give to this ministry, you can go to our website, thec3.uk slash giving and get involved. God bless you.